Okay, so uh, let's hear from you. Let's hear from our studio audience. What, uh, what were you coming into this weekend hoping for? What are some of the things you were looking to do? And if you don't say, I will pick on you. Okay, so just bear that in mind. A bit of gardening yeah. from Nick. Great. When you finish, come around our house. There's more to be done. <laughs> what else have you been hoping for? Mr. Sam. The Moxon's coming. Great. Folks from out of town. Good stuff. What a blast. They don't have to say whether they were coming forward and looking to win with the Joneses. You know, that's, that's a, they went off. Yeah, that's a different thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else were you hoping for? What else? You Someone on this side. What are you hoping for? Come on. Well, some of these things are obviously more realistic than others, you know. And you know, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, went to the, I went to the source of all uh, knowledge, the World Wide Web, and uh, asked them for a, a definition of hope. And so uh, three definitions of hope from there. One is uh, a belief or expectation that something wished for can happen, or sorry, will happen, excuse me. Uh, another definition is that it's, it's a person or a thing, so our hope is in something, a person or a thing who is a source of hope, uh, or it's a virtuous desire for a future good, something that we want in the future and something that's very good and, and virtuous. Now, now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Barack Obama has made a big thing as president of the States about hope. He's written a lot about hope, and that was his big campaign. His big campaign was all based around that. This is, this is what he said. He, 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 there's a lot of quotes, actually, from him about hope, but here's one. I'm not talking about blind optimism. By the way, I'm not going to do the accent. Sorry, this is, he doesn't sound like this. I'm not talking about blind optimism. The kind of hope that just ignores the enormity of the tasks ahead or the roadblocks that stand in our path. I'm not talking about the wishful idealism that allows us to just sit on the sidelines or shirk from a fight. I've always believed that hope... I've always believed that hope is that stubborn thing inside us that insists, despite all the evidence to the contrary, that something better awaits us, so long as we have the courage to keep reaching, to keep working, to keep fighting. It's a definition you may find useful, as you think about it. Paul the Apostle said this, Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? reflecting there that if you see something it's already there now I might be showing my age here no comment but, but do you remember the evening of the 26th of May 1999 do you know where you were that evening I know exactly where I was and that's because it was the Champions League final of 1999. Manchester United against Bayern Munich. Now, for clarity, I am not a Manchester United fan. Okay? I am a Sheffield Wednesday fan. But, but unfortunately, we don't have the same kind of experiences I can share with you at this point that I can with a Manchester United fan. So we're going with Manchester United. Okay. 
So it's the, it's the final. I'm not sure if you remember that. But let me, let me take you there. That's what it looked like. I was sitting on my sofa. I wasn't there. So what's going on? Here's what's going on. Bayern Munich score early in the match. About six minutes into the match. 1-0. And Manchester United then try everything. I mean, everything they've got. Bear in mind, this is a team that includes people like, like David Beckham, Schmeichel, Giggs, Andy Cole, Dwight York, all these really top, top cast players don't get anywhere. They do not go anywhere. And it gets to, it's just coming up to 90 minutes. The referee says there's three minutes of injury time. Three minutes of stoppage time. Now, I know people who, 75 minutes into the match, Manchester United fans, were so despondent at the performance, they went for a bath and stopped watching. They, and they, re- they missed the whole drama at the end because after 90 minutes and 36 seconds, Teddy Sheringham scores. The place goes wild. Teddy Sheringham... Well, I don't think that was the score, but anyway. Um, the place goes wild. Bayern Munich, a couple of minutes before, have been waving to their families in the crowd, so confident did they feel about the result. But not only that, it doesn't even get to go to extra time because 40 seconds later, they score again. Manchester United score again. 2-1. It's all over. The same Bayern Munich players who've been waving at their fans are crying on the ground, thumping the pitch in anger. Just an incredible moment. That goal by Teddy Sheringham, that goal, something like that goal, was a game changer. It was a real game changer. Before that, there was no hope. After that, there was huge hope. Enormous hope. Hope that was not expected. And maybe it's because I'm a sucker for a good story, but you know, I just love those stories, those good stories where, where your heart is down and suddenly they come through and suddenly the guys win for you. It suddenly happens. There's a game changer, a real change, a dramatic change. How about this one? Now, you, you will, I think most of you not actually remember this time, but, but how about the morning of Friday, the 28th of September, 1928? I certainly wasn't around. Uh, let me take you to a laboratory in the basement of St. Mary's Hospital in London. A dish, a Petri dish, you know, like you get in uh, labs, you know, a Petri dish, little glass dish, has been left out on the side by accident. In there, there was something that I'm going to try and pronounce called Streptococcus, and uh, it's got contaminated. And the guy there notices there's a blue-green mould in the dish. And that guy's name is Alexander Fleming. And so suddenly, he has discovered what's on the next slide, which is penicillin. Out of nowhere. This thing treats millions of people. Millions of people who would have died without this moment of discovery by Alexander Fleming. Again, a real game changer. A game changer in terms of the world of medicine. 
Before that, many people were dying for, for now reasons that we would think were um, incredible to think that someone would die of that. We take it for granted. The antibiotics that have been invented after this, um, after this invention. So, time for a bit more interaction. Um, I'm suggesting to you that a game changer is something that brings hope. A game changer brings hope. So again, have a little discussion uh, in your group. Think about some of the game changers that you might be aware of uh, that you've either experienced or heard about. That could be in sports, politics, science, Doctor Who, if, in case of those who are interested in that, whatever it may be. Something that has changed as a, a game-changing moment. No hope before. Everything. Have a chat. Okay, folks, let's, uh, let's see what you have. Let's see, let's see uh, someone want to share their game-changing moments or things or something. Yes. win at that point they did yeah 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 I think Winston Churchill said before that there was no no victories and after that there was no defeats or something yeah 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 Mr. Sam at the back he has his hand up go for it dude And all the Wigan fans said uh, yes. <laughs> and all the Wigan fans said yes. <laughs> Mr. Sam, other Sam? There you go. That's a game changer. And talk about bringing hope to people. I mean, yeah, chocolate. Look at all, look at all the results of it. Of that, brilliant. Well, I want to suggest to you that that um, let me tell you. Let me give you another date. Try this one. 3 p.m. on the 7th of April, A.D. 30. Now I know none of you are around then. This is the date and the time that most modern scholars think is the most likely time for the death of Jesus that we see here in verse 50, chapter 23. And I want to suggest to you today that when Jesus rose from the dead, the passage that Sam just read for us there, this was the ultimate game changer. This was the ultimate game changer in that it gave all of us the only real hope we can have the only real hope we can have that's not going to disappoint. Again, let me take you there. Let me take you to, to time there. We're going to Jerusalem. There's a tomb. Jesus has died. As far as we 
As far as his followers are concerned, that's it. It's all over. The whole thing is over. Jesus has been betrayed by his friends, mocked by different groups of soldiers. He's been tortured, stitched up by jealous religious leaders, condemned after three trials. And at each of the trials, he was found innocent and he was still condemned. Finally, he's been killed in a barbaric and a painful way, a shameful way, a way that was humiliating. It's all over. As far as his followers are concerned, it is all over. They thought this guy was going to lead lead the Jews to a, a time of national renewal. And instead he's been killed. It is like 89 minutes into that football match, it's like just before Wigan scored at the end. But this shouldn't have surprised them. The, you know, the, the weird thing is, this should not have surprised them because, because straight after Jesus fed 5,000, you may have heard of that story, he said, the Son of Man, that's a phrase he often used for himself, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So he'd already said that. He'd already said that long ago. But his... his Followers did not remember this. They're without hope. So Joseph of Arimathea, he's a prominent guy, he's a religious leader, he's a follower of Jesus. He was hoping for the the Jewish nation to experience revival. He honours the loss of his friend. He he honours the loss of this hope and and he buries Jesus in a tomb, a tomb he'd probably bought for himself and prepared for himself. The women who, who are watching this burial, the women are watching this burial, uh, they prepared spices uh, and they, they, sorry, excuse me, the women who are going to prepare spices, they, they've been following Jesus for several years, they're supporting him financially, supporting his ministry. Some of them were, were mothers of his apostles, some of them were people who he'd healed. They were all heavily committed to Jesus and and they've watched him die. They've watched this guy die in a brutal death and and now they're watching Joseph Joseph of Arimathea bury bury Jesus about 3pm. Probably a little later on what, what is probably the 7th of April. And then the, the, the Sabbath takes place, the Jewish Sabbath, it's a day of rest. First thing in the morning, very early on the Sunday morning, the women returned to the tomb. Let me take you there. They're expecting to go there. They're hoping to be able to open the tomb. And they're going to anoint Jesus' body with these spices that they've, they've prepared. That's out of grief. I mean, there's no, there's no history of it with uh, Jews at this time of embalming or anything like that. And again, with a lot of spices. This is, a, this is about their grief. This is about respect. They're not expecting to find him missing. They're not expecting the stone to be rolled away. They're not expecting a miracle. They're not expecting to meet angels. They're certainly not expecting, they're certainly not hoping, beyond any wildest hope, to be told he's alive. 
They're expecting a corpse. But when they arrive, when they arrive, the stone has been rolled away. It was a big stone. We know that they're, they're able to walk into the tomb, so it's got to be quite a big stone to, to cover up a, a, a space that size. And at this point, they look in. And have you ever seen something that totally confused you? Just have you ever seen something that you've looked at it and you've sort of gone, I don't actually understand what I'm seeing? I think that's what they were, were going through here. They're looking in, they're expecting the body, there is no body. What's happened? What, what can have happened? Well, you know, you know uh, it was dead. They saw him buried. They saw him put in the tomb. They, they put, saw the stone rolled across. The logic part of you saying, this, this doesn't work. And so you go closer. You investigate closer. You look closer, and that's what they did. They go into the tomb. They look, the body is not there. Now, some of you may already know this about me, but I'm a big fan of NCIS. Has anyone ever seen NCIS on the, on the TV? It's kind of one of these uh, 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 CSI shows from, the, from America. An American TV drama, it's, it's you know, police, forensics, and all that kind of stuff. And, and this is the equivalent to the start of the show when, when there's a body missing. You know, you know someone's opened a, a grave or something and there's a body missing. And in the show that follows, there's an hour-long programme where they figure out what happened. And usually at the end, you know, there's all these twists and turns and things going on. And, and at the end, they find out that really uh, the body was really somebody else's body that was removed out of revenge because 27 years earlier they killed the Admiral's dog or something. I don't know. Some weird... It's taken them an hour to get there. It's taken them an hour to figure that out. Praise God. God is far more straightforward. He sends... While the women are wondering what's going on, he sends two angels and they say exactly what's happened. And it's not surprising because angel is another word for messenger. So we know that angels usually bring messages. In this case, they bring a message. They say, why do you look for the dead amongst the living? What do you mean? <laughs> because this is where we saw him buried. Yeah, you know, this is where we've come to. The women must have been really confused by that. I mean, that is, a, that is a pretty strange thing to hear. What the angels are actually saying is, you should have realised that Jesus was not going to be here because he said it time and time again to you. He said he was going to, raised, he was going to be raised from the dead they go on he's not here he has risen as he told you he would when you were in Galilee bing light bulb moment on goes a light bulb the women remember I remember I remember when he said I remember when he said he was going to suffer and he was going to die. Then he was going to raise again, going to rise from the dead. Everything falls into place. For them, for these women, that is the game-changing moment. 
That is the game changer. Up to that point, there has been no hope. They have been in despair. After that moment, they realise, perhaps, perhaps this isn't all over. Not only, not only is this not all over, but perhaps something incredible is happening, something new, something different is happening. And so they go, they run, and they tell the other disciples, and the disciples don't believe them. Well, would you have believed them? Let's face it, you know, if his own disciples doubted him and he's been raised from the dead at this point, our doubts are okay. It's okay for us to be thinking, you know, did that actually happen? But also remember that when they were presented with evidence, they then believed and they committed to Christ. But at this point, they, they, they've just heard this from uh, the women who've gone early in the morning. They don't believe them. But, but Peter... Remember Peter? You remember how much we talked about Peter over the last couple of weeks, if you've been here? Peter who betrayed Jesus. Peter who was so close to Jesus. He was his closest apostle. He knows something's up. He thinks something's up. He's like, no. No, there's something going on here. Maybe he's hoping against all hope there's something going on here because he has betrayed Jesus. And if what these women say is true, then maybe there's some chance for him. There's some chance to say something again to Jesus or to hear from Jesus. And so he goes, he runs. He runs down, he goes down to the, to the tomb and he sees the grave clothes lying and he wonders. A better translation there is marvels. Why? Bam! Because it's a game changer for him. Yeah, he'd betrayed Jesus, but there might be a chance of pulling this all around. The resurrection of Jesus is the game changer because all history changes at this point. All of history changes at this point. Before this, hope was for the Jews. Hope was only for the Jews. They were God's chosen people. And hope was an idea. It was a concept. It was something that the, the prophets had talked about and the, um, something that, that God had talked to uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob about. The idea of the Messiah, a chosen one who's going to come and save Israel. But now, now it's a person. Now hope has become a person. Hope is not some vague idea. Hope is Jesus. Hope is Jesus Christ, someone who's living and breathing. Now we know what our hope can be. We know who it is. Because he's risen from the dead. Because he has been raised, this confirms everything. This is the moment in history when, when all the things that we have been told about God, that we've been told about the Messiah, they're confirmed. Because this has happened, because he has been raised from the dead, we know because he's been raised from the dead that he's come to save people like me and you. We know because he's raised from the dead. He's the son of God. It confirms he's the great high priest who intercedes us, intercedes for us. It confirms he performed miracles. You want a miracle? This is the biggest miracle. 
It confirms the future resurrection of his believers, that he did his Father's will. It confirms he is perfect. He confirms he died to set us free. He confirms he's the King, he's the Saviour, that he's going to be all those things forever. He confirms he's the way, the truth, the life. It concerns the Gospel. It confirms the Gospel has power to save. It confirms that he is the only one who you can totally trust. It confirms that Jesus is our hope. If he rose from the dead and now lives forever, he is our hope. Yes, and we, we will live forever, but far more importantly, with our, with our hope in him, we can live forever with him. Don't you want to meet this guy? I mean, don't you want to meet a guy like this? Don't you want to live forever with someone like this? Up to this point, everyone else, in one way or another, has failed. Jesus has succeeded. He's done what we could never do. The work is finished. He said it on the cross. It is finished. So where's your hope today? We've talked about the things that you hope for going into the weekend, but where's your hope today? Who do you hope in? What do you hope in? Can I ask you to consider that with me for a moment? Like right now, at this moment? Just stop and think about that for a moment. If you are here and you already believe in Jesus Christ, and be assured today that your hope is secure. Yes, you are, like all of us, being bombarded by life. There are perhaps issues with your relatives, with your finances, perhaps with your home, with your marriage, your jobs, your lack of a job. Your children might be causing you stress, hurts, worries. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because your hope is not in these things. Your hope is in Jesus Christ and it is secure. But don't be triumphal about that. Learn more. Dig more. Get to know him better. He's already done everything that you needed to be done to secure your future, your eternal future. But find out more about him. Love him harder. Love his people harder. Love his word harder. But perhaps you're here today and you've heard about the resurrection of Jesus before. And you have, you have doubts. I was going to say grave doubts, but I thought that was a bad pun. You are in good company. So did the disciples, remember. The disciples had doubts. That's okay. But don't let that put you off. Don't think that because you have doubts, you're not good enough, or, I, or, or well, I just don't get it. Lean into Jesus Christ. Lean into his word. Lean into the gospel. Find out more about him. Pray that you would experience his love and his grace in the way that, that his followers did here. Pray that you would come to understand him as, the, as this game changer in your life. That before you come to understand him, will be totally different to after you came to know him as your saviour. There's going to be a phone number on the screen at the end. Use it. Ask us your questions. Text us your questions. 
Come and ask one of the people who, who's here today who, who uh, is, a, is a Christian, Ian at the back there, or myself, or Sam, or Nick here, or Will, or Emma. Come and talk to us. We'd love to tell you about our Saviour. But don't just leave it. And maybe you're here and all this is new to you. All this is totally new to you. You've never heard this story of the resurrection or you've never heard it in a way that's made you think about where your hope is. And we're so glad you're here. We're, we hope that you've felt welcome when you've come here. We hope you've enjoyed the cake. We hope you've enjoyed being with us. We hope that you've felt a little bit of the warmth and the love that we all feel being in this, in this body of believers. You are welcome here. There's nowhere else we would rather you be than here today. If you're here today and like that, will you do something for me? And it might be one of three things depending on, depending on where you are. If you feel there's nothing here for you, if you feel that this is a nice story, but it's not true, that the, the, the discussions and the suggestions are flawed and that uh, certainly there are more gifted teachers than me around, just, but just take this moment and consider what if you're wrong? What if this is true? What if your very future is in the gravest peril right now? If that's you, then continue to challenge, continue to question, continue to come here and see how we answer your questions and concerns. Don't be afraid to ask questions of God. He isn't worried about your questions. That's okay. Or perhaps you've heard things that interest you and you think there might be some truth in them and you want to know more, fantastic. Please decide to come back and to learn with us as we grow together. We normally kick off here at 4pm on a Sunday afternoon. Ask us questions. Allow us to show you our experience of the deep, rich, satisfying, saving, hopeful, joyful, merciful, gracious love of Jesus Christ. We would love to do that. It may be that what you've heard today is the best news you've ever heard. It's the best thing in the world that you've ever heard about, that Jesus came to save you. Perhaps for the first time you are trusting him for your hope and you want to live a life that pleases him. Please come and talk to us. Let us know about this. Let your friends know about this. Because you're now a Christian and we want to celebrate that fact with you today, alongside you. But whichever of these things you are today, wherever you are, wherever your hope is, I pray that this Easter time that all of us may have seen in this story in the Bible, perhaps for the first time, perhaps not, that our hope, our only hope, lays in this Son of God, Jesus the God-man, the game-changer of the entire world, Knowing him and knowing this will indeed make for you a very, very happy Easter. Let's pray together. Father, you have, you have died for your children and you have risen from the dead. Hallelujah, that's that is such good news to, to know that you have lived a life we couldn't lead, 
lived it perfectly and you have then chosen of your own will to die and take our rebellion on your own shoulders so that we might be right with God. What an incredible thing. Lord, help us to understand that our hope is in that. Help us to to appreciate that and, and to lean into that more and to draw deeper and deeper on that truth so that we may love you more and more when we understand more and more exactly how much you've loved us. Help us at this Easter time not to get too caught up with the distractions and the the chocolate and the family and that sort of stuff. That is all good stuff and good gifts from you. But help us to remember the best gift is your son Jesus Christ and what he did. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. We're so in awe of what you have achieved. We pray that you would plant it deep within our hearts. Amen.